but I was so emotional that tears were coming out while I was raging out about this lieutenant. You know, just like, it was a dump of adrenaline. This is the Military Sherpa Podcast. Left, right, left leadership insights from America's best. With your Military Sherpa, Mark Tilshire. Welcome back to the Military Sherpa Podcast. I am your host, Mark, and man, I'm excited to keep going with this podcast series that we started just a few weeks ago, so we got quite the streak going. We're not going to break it anytime soon, but we're going to talk about where toxic leaders come from, and spoiler alert, if you didn't listen last week, toxic leaders come from us. We are them. They are us. We're the root cause of toxic leadership because what happens is toxic followers display toxic traits. And we don't lean in and fix these toxic traits when we have the opportunity to do so. And the weeds end up taking over the garden. So you can be all, you could be a green thumb. You can know how to do fertilizer, how to plant, when to sow. But if you don't deal with weeds, the weeds will overtake your garden. And so toxic followers are weeds. Pluck them when they're small. Deal with them when they're little. Otherwise, they're going to grow and overtake your garden. You may never get them out of the garden. So we may not want to pluck all of the toxic followers and throw them away, but we certainly want to address their bad behavior. Toxic leadership is traced to the formative years of military members' career. And if we can deal with these behaviors during a formative season of their life, we can truly turn them into people that will be healthy, high productive leaders in the future. And one of the key reasons that we don't address these behaviors, why we dismiss them, why they go overlooked is, I'm going to be brutally honest here, is laziness. There have been plenty of times early in my career where I didn't think somebody was worth it. And the reality was it wasn't that they weren't worth it. It was I was too lazy to try. And so I gave myself every excuse in the book. This person is a dirtbag. This person, like I did everything I could not to lean in and mentor that person or to fix them. And often what I try to teach you is that if you've got somebody that can't be rehabilitated, view the problem different. It's not about them. It's about you. You need all the practice, trust me, you need all the practice you can get. The leadership problems that you're going to get thrown at you over the course of your life are going to get more complex. The stakes are going to get higher. You're going to have to make more decisions more quickly. Learning how to deal with difficult people early means that you've got to deal with these toxic followers when you encounter them so that you can deal with, do you think it's easier to deal with a toxic airman than it is to deal with a toxic chief? No, it's way easier to deal with a toxic airman than it is to deal with a toxic chief. You think it's easier to deal with a toxic lieutenant than it is to deal with a toxic colonel? Well, of course it is. If you've got a toxic general, good luck, buddy. Good luck. But if you've got a toxic lieutenant, now that's a little bit easier. Maybe not easy. I wouldn't say that it's easy. Easier. Much easier to deal with toxic traits when the rank is lower. As a senior NCO, I've dealt with some horrible. One in particular I'm thinking of right now, but I'm getting stressed just sitting here. Gosh, if I, and I always think this, if I could just go deal with that person now, if I could just interview, man, if I, I know, so I've grown so well, how did I grow for goodness sakes? I grew by practicing on real life people. So of course my skills are greater now. My education, relationships, experience, the things I've been through have shaped who I am. Yeah, I could deal with a, a, a ridiculously difficult lieutenant now. I savor the opportunity, but it wasn't always so. There were a lot of tears. I remember once when one of my captains deployed, I like literally came up into his office right when he got back and I'm like, how could you do this to me and us? And I, this person should never lead people again. And man, I was stressed. But at the time, I didn't have the skill set to deal with that lieutenant or I would have. Now I do. Don't be lazy. Don't be crazy, but don't be lazy. You need to lean into these toxic followers. 
Lean into these young toxic leaders if you want to have an impact on toxic culture in general. And it could be, so it could be laziness. It could just be your, your unskilled, your core. Either you don't know what to do, you don't have the emotional intelligence, you get worked up, you get frustrated. Like I said, I was crying in my boss's office when he was a captain. I was like so mad. I wasn't like boohooing, but I was so emotional that tears were coming out while I was raging out about this lieutenant. You know, just like it was a dump of adrenaline. Emotional intelligence. And then self-awareness. Like maybe it's them, maybe it's you, but you're going to have to work through it. But often it's one combination, some combination of those three things. You can't fix them. Somebody could, but you don't have the core, the IQ, EQ, or PQ to do the job. So you got to get to work. You got to develop those things. And so rectifying toxic leadership sometimes is just a pipe dream. It's like an intervention. Is it going to work? Is it not going to work? Maybe, maybe not. You better be real careful before you do it. Like you try to fix a toxic boss, they, can, they might hit you with the hammer. But toxic followers, you've got some power, some tools in your disposal. And so if we're going to look at preempting toxicity at its roots, next week we're going to be talking about a different set of traits. But this week we're going to be talking about three things in particular that toxic followers, the same way I say, hey, our core, one of our problems is likely IQ, EQ, PQ. For our toxic followers, one of their core problems likely lies inside of one of them. So virtually all toxic followers will have one of these things in common, if not all three. So toxic leaders and toxic followers both often either have something to lose, something to hide, something to prove. And when we think about something to lose, this is a really big one. You have something to lose. Status, promotion, opportunity, reputation. These things rise to the surface and somebody with something to lose, they can become aggressive. They can defend what they have. They take offense at every minor slight because they feel like you're making them look bad. But they've got something to lose. Maybe they undermine their peers. Maybe behind the scenes, they speak badly about people. They sow seeds of drama and gossip. But people with something to lose often manifest as toxic followers or toxic leaders, something to lose. Do you have something to lose? If you've got something to lose and it's governing your behavior, then the odds are you may be a toxic leader or a toxic follower. You got to check your heart. So something to lose is the first one, something to hide. People with something to hide are often very afraid of the world seeing them for who they are. Perhaps they conceal their mistakes. Toxic followers hide the truth. Healthy followers bring mistakes to the table quickly. Oh no, here's what I did. And there's a story about an airman and this general. Gosh, I can't remember his name, but if anybody knows, send me an email. I'll give him credit on the next podcast. But he tells a story about one of his maintainers who closed a wrench in the aircraft door. He's working on the aircraft and he closes the door and he just hears that sound that no one ever wants to hear, which is like, and he's like, oh no, what am I going to do? And he, and he goes and he reports it to his boss and his boss is of course, obviously upset. And this goes all the way up to the wing commander and the wing commanders tell him the group commander, what are you going to do? Like, you better hammer him. You better let him law. And he's like, oh, and the moment came and he brought him to commander's call and he brought him up on stage. He's like, look, this airman right here, he crunched a wrench in the door. He should have run the TO. He should have run the checklist. He should have known what, He should have known better what he was doing. And he made a mistake and he reported it. And I just want to coin him. So he gave him a, a military coin. He's like, he very easily could have taken that wrench out of the door, shut the door, and let that plane go fly off into the sunset. Off we go into the wild blue yonder. And it would have been easy for him to do. But he didn't do that. And because of that, that airplane, you know, it had to undergo structural scanning and they had to make sure that it was like airworthy so that it didn't plummet out of the sky. But had he wanted to save face, had he had something to hide or something to prove, something to lose, he may have just taken the wrench, put it in his toolkit, closed the door and pretended as if nothing ever happened. And people may have died, but he didn't. And he was rewarded because of it. people with something to hide often conceal their mistakes. Do you have someone on your team that conceals their mistakes? Do you find out what we call Easter eggs? You ever find Easter eggs? You're like, this should have been brought to my attention. 
Maybe they're trying to hide that they don't know. And you'd be like, hey, do you know, do you know this? And they'll be like, okay, go ahead. And you're like, no, no, I'm asking you a question. Do you know? And they, they just try to play it off, right? Like they don't want to tell you that they don't know. So they'll just kind of pretend like, okay, go ahead. I, yeah, tell me what you're trying to tell. And like, no, no, I'm asking you a question. And this happens a lot. I know many people in my life that will that will behave this way. They don't want to tell me that. I'm like, my job is an educator. My job is a coach. My job is a mentor. Just tell me you don't know. If you know, great. Good for you. If you don't know, just tell me. It makes it a lot easier for both of us if I know where to start. Oh, I don't know anything about that. I know a little bit about it. Okay, what do you know? Where do you want me to start? Well, you just start from the beginning. Gosh, why didn't you just say you didn't know anything about it from the beginning? People cover up a lack of knowledge. And I was listening to Warrior Poet Society. Great, great gentlemen i'm a big fan and one of the things he talked about the difference between the special forces the elite most dangerous people in the room and the folks that don't quite make it to that level is the folks that make it to the elite level they're just coachable so there might be more talented people more deadly people more aggressive folks but they're not coachable they don't like to admit they don't know they want to cover up their lack of knowledge they're not trainable and when you have someone who's extremely talented extremely coachable all of a sudden, you've got somebody ready to operate at the highest level. Do you have someone who tries to cover up their lack of knowledge, is not willing to say, I don't know? You may have a toxic follower on your hands. They try to hide up personal vulnerability that might lead to all kinds of horrible things in culture, deceit and mistrust, and they just don't want anybody to know the real them. They have something to hide. Maybe they're a horrible person, or maybe they were just made to think that they were one when they were little, and that carries over. Fix it. If that's you, like, fix it. And last is something to prove, this overzealous desire to establish their own worth. And this makes reckless decision-making, blatant disregard for protocol. It makes for never asking for help. We were once playing a, a group a picnic. We had a softball game going. And there's this guy who's like, I can, I'll do the whole outfield. We don't have, I, don't, I don't need anybody else in the outfield. I'm like, you're going to cover the whole outfield. He's like, yeah, I got it, man. I got it. I got it. You're like, dude, you can't, I don't care how good you are. You can't cover the whole outfield. The, the outfield is huge. Somebody hits the ball in the right field and you're in left field or somebody hits the ball in left field and you're in right field, it's game over for the rest of us. Your reaction time, you're not the freaking flash. And there are some people who are like, no, no, I'm, I'm the flash. I can do it all. And you're like, no, like what, what happened to you? Like, did your mom not love you enough? Did your dad not give you any hugs? Like what's happening right now? And those people are everywhere. And these are the three roots. And there's, we're going to talk about three more next week, but these are the three roots of most toxic leaders and toxic followers. They have something to hide, something to lose, something to prove. And your job is to identify these traits and ruthlessly, resent, resentfully, <laughs> ruthlessly eliminate them, relentlessly pursue them. You've got to become hunters. You've got to become a hunter of anyone who has something to lose, hide, or prove. And you've got to get after it. These are the early signs of toxic leaders. And if you can learn to deal with these things, I mean, you can turn the most difficult follower into one of the greatest leaders that's ever existed. I've got a history of doing this over and over and over again. Some of the greatest people, people that are super close to me, people that I love, they come to me with something to lose, something to hide, something to prove, and I just want to invest in them and turn them into what I see in them because everyone is full of potential. The younger you are, the more potential you have. And you're often given young people the greatest gift you'll ever receive outside of your family. Do something with that gift. We've got to really recognize these early signs. And so this week, there's a few things that I want you to do. we got to start recognizing these signs early. Do you have secret people? It's overly secretive people. Do you have aggressive people? Do you have people trying to prove themselves? We're going to have to have some candid conversations. We're going to have to get down to the core reasons for their actions. It's why you exist. It's part of your job as a military. And here's what we're going to do. 
All right, so the first thing I want you to do this week before we go into next week is I want you to think about your folks. Think about the people you lead directly. Who do you write a performance report on? And I want you to think about this. Do you have followers who you think, based on everything I said today, might be on the precipice of toxicity? Do you have folks that are overly secretive, that are aggressive, that are trying to prove themselves, that hide their lack of knowledge, that hide mistakes, God forbid, that aren't willing to get vulnerable? And I don't mean cry and tell me about all your feelings, but that just don't get vulnerable, that conceal their mistakes. Do you have these people in your life? Think about it in the context of something to lose, something to hide, something to prove. I need you to write it down. Write it down. Write it down. Are there followers that are on the precipice of toxicity? And then what proactive steps do you think, just based on what we talked about today, is it about counseling? Can you sit down and just start some counseling with them? Can you implement some kind of accountability with them? Can you pair them with a seasoned mentor, somebody who could maybe help them? Because you might not be the one just because you're so close to them. They may need a, an objective third party who can listen to you, listen to them, and help you find that middle ground. Is there training that you can? But you're going to have to address these traits. What are they doing to threaten what you're trying to build? And never forget this. All of the other followers that you lead, they're watching. They know this person is toxic. They probably think you also know that this person is toxic. They're waiting for you to do something. And when you don't, you undermine your own credibility. And you let everybody else know that they can get away with it. Or that if they're as aggressive as this person is, they can get away with it. Or that you're weak. And that you're going to enforce the rules on the people that just roll over. But you're not going to enforce them on the people that are, are aggressive. So what proactive steps can you take? Email me if you're dealing with something particularly difficult. MarketMilitarySherpa.com I'll help you to the best of my ability. MarketMilitarySherpa.com Otherwise, I need you to do me a favor this week. So I'm trying to help you out. Maybe you can help me out really quick. So there's a lot of folks that listen to this podcast. I don't think anybody's reviewed this podcast in like a year. Maybe a little bit longer. So what I need some, what I need is some podcast reviews. This year, we're trying to spread our influence. We're trying to take over and dominate. You want to be the dominant voice in military professional development, professional military education. Reviews matter. So go out wherever you're listening to me right now. Just take, take five seconds. You can leave me a one star, leave me a five star. I don't care what you leave me, but leave me a review that's commensurate with how you view this podcast. So if you could leave me a review, man, I'm telling you right now, I'd appreciate it oh so very much. So, and then the last thing is every Friday we do toolkit sessions militarysherpa.com slash toolkit. We do a toolkit session every single Friday, absolutely free. Invite your friends, invite your family, civilian sector leaders. I don't care who it is. 1300 Eastern time. Be there. I'll be there. I'll talk to y'all soon. Thanks for listening to the Military Sherpa podcast with Mark Tilsher. 